I love the secret shopping concept because this is actually how I started. Mo- actually, like most of my really? businesses, I go find someone else who's doing something similar and go like secret shop. You went it. through the funnel. A lot of people try to start businesses and they're like, I don't, I don't know. I'm going to figure wheel. it out. Yeah, I'm going to reinvent the wheel. I'm going to figure it out on my own. No. Someone go find else someone is similar. Take your ego down to be like, no one's doing what I'm doing. Like, <laughs> no, they are. And actually, if it'd be a bad thing, like if no one was doing anything near what you were doing, that means there's probably not a market for it at all. <laughs> You know, they say women shouldn't be bossy. We're out here reclaiming that word. What's so wrong with being the boss? I'm Tara Reed, the CEO of a multi-million dollar edtech business. And I'm Katie Gaddy Tossan, better known as Money with Katie on the internet. At our core, we're driven by a shared ambition to build our own mini empires. Welcome to Bossy. Okay, I'm, I can't. I can't with the hair. I can't focus. It's good, I don't know right? where to look. They're called Bantu knots. My inspo for my look today was like cyberpunk, cyborg, like when humans turn off halfway into humans, into machines, plus like a little like tech Dude. in it. I'm having fun. <laughs> you crack me up because I'm like, okay, what sh- what could I wear that is going to be the most comfortable? On my I'm like, bottom? what is the storyline and the narrative yeah. on my outfit today? What are we going to do? Classic. Yeah. I love so it. Well, if you're us. an audio listener, yeah, then you got to be on YouTube because that's to the see party the outfit. That's see the, the hair. hair. There is so much happening on Tara's side of this set. Always, always the narrative. <laughs> yeah. So today we're gonna talk about really like what you're optimizing for in business because mm-hmm. sometimes we talk about optimizing for just like going big, growth. making growth yeah. all the time at all costs. But that's the assumption. That's the assumption, but that is not always what you want, mm-hmm. what you need, like any of that. And there are lots of scenarios where people are building like great products, big experiences, big customer experiences with small teams. Yes. And that is my, f- so that's kind of, I, you know what? I'm going to go out on a limb and say yeah. that in a lot of ways, that's still what I'm trying to optimize for. Is big number, is small team. Big number, small team. Yeah. I think the most sustainable thing for me would be that. Like, I don't want the management headache. I want something that I can run for a really long time. What's small team to you? Like, what? what? Sub five people. Sub five Tiny, 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 tiny. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So, okay. I I did some actually some secret shopping for this episode. Of I have my who notes. Have big here. number small teams. Yes, Ooh, there okay. are two that I really want to tell you about okay. because I to pers- see how they do it. I personally think there is something so impressive about people that have like just themselves, yeah. straight up solopreneur, or someone that is them and maybe one or two other people or maybe some part-time help but like, I always feel so skeptical of this like can really? you really do that big numbers with like sustainably with just like a you know small what? team Sus- so I'm interested to hear sustainably might be the key actually because okay. I think that a lot of these people well one of them has been around for longer so so I say it's like somewhat sustainable so but yeah with one so I'm gonna the first one that I want to tell you about is this gal named Kat Norton so she's known as Miss Excel. Oh, online. I didn't know that. I should literally just know her as Miss Excel. I don't even know her <laughs> name. Kat Norton. Okay, got yes. it. Okay, so Kat, what does she, do? she sells courses. Yeah. She's like, it, it is educational about Excel. Yep. And like her, Excel for work. I, Excel I, skills I guess. For it's, work. Yeah, it's a, yeah. just Excel skills. So it's a very in demand skill set, I would say. I love it. But I found so. her because. I I realized that I was seeing her everywhere and I was like, she's got to be doing pretty well. But I was also yeah. kind of curious of like, 
what's going on behind the scenes there? Like these courses, okay, the price point, they, they yeah. do vary, but one course is $297. Okay. Small. Does she have a bunch of different courses? She has several, I think maybe four or five that are wow. each at that price point, And then she'll do a bundle for like nine ninety seven. Okay, wait, back up. Do you have any sense how big her business is? I think they do like $2 million a year. Okay, $2 million a year of four products, and the the cheapest one is like $300. Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. But what's impressive to me is the consistency and the repetition. So, okay. and I want to get into this in a little bit, but I, I sell more on like a launch model of like where I'll relaunch a product, but then like my always on game is a little bit soft. And so I want to talk to you about that later. But what I found so intriguing about her, and I kind of got this, this, these deets, you know, through listening to her talk on podcasts, but also because I have have some friends that are really good friends with her and they'll be like yeah she just she does a webinar I don't know if it's every week or every month I think it might just be once per month yeah where she's consistently bringing new people into the fold via Instagram she's just on Instagram it's a very functional channel yep so she's click the link in the bio they sign up for the webinar webinar. once a month and then each launch from the webinar is consistently doing like I think 80 to 100,000. Yeah. And it's like she has this, you know, formula. So I was I was kind of interested in okay, I want to secret shop this and yeah. see if I were trying to Secret shop meaning like you sign, like you went to her Instagram, like you followed the funnel. Yeah. This I tried is so to follow good. The I love this secret shopping concept because this is actually how I started. Mo- actually, like most of really? my businesses, I go find someone else who's doing something similar and go like secret shop. You went it. through the funnel. Is there any that you can think of that, that you actually looked at when you were? There are a couple of people. I think um, Brian Harris. Um, oh, I've never heard of Is him. an online coach and he has like, he does a lot of blogging or at least at the time he did mm. a lot of blogging about like exactly what he does and so he had this post it was like how I made whatever hundred thousand dollars with my launch and it was like this long long blog post of like exactly what he did the exact calendar the exact launch thing and I also went through his funnel so I'm curious to hear kind of like as you went and did this research but I I do think that's what it takes to like a lot of people try to start businesses and they're like, don't I don't know, I'm going to figure wheel. it out. Yeah, I'm going to reinvent the wheel. I'm going to figure it out on my own. No. Someone else is already similar. Take your ego down to be like, no one's doing what I'm doing. Like, <laughs> no, they are. And actually, if it'd be a bad thing, like if no one was doing anything near what you were doing, that means there's probably not a market for it at all. <laughs> right? So like no one's anywhere near. So I'm excited to hear like what folks are doing and like how they structure this. Well, here was the weird part is that I went to her website because I was like, let me sign up for the webinar. Like, I'm going to try to, I'm going to go to the freaking webinar and then see what she sends me as a follow-up and like what they're pitching me and what the discount is. I actually couldn't find the webinar on her website. And I was like, I wonder if this is something where it's like a, if there is an urgency component where it's only like live to join for a couple days beforehand or something. She might not have been in the marketing cycle of like, I just figured, oh, if it's a webinar that's once a month and that is how she's bringing in new customers. You think she's running advertising? We actually probably could go to her Facebook page. You know, if you go on people's Facebook brand pages, you can see on like, there's a button to click. I forget what the button says, but essentially 
actually says like show all ads that this brand is You're running kidding. and you can click it to see like Facebook legally has to do you can see all of their ads that they run all the copy oh I'm sure they're running it's what paid. they're currently yeah. running though so like sometimes we it's couldn't deceiving. go back you can't go back in time and so it doesn't mean that like sometimes you want to look at it to see what's working for people like, yeah. What copy, yeah yeah what yeah, yeah. oh but that's just because someone's running an ad doesn't mean that was the one that worked right you yeah. start ads you run them and then you like turn off the ones that aren't working there'd almost have to be a longitudinal thing where you're checking in like once a week to see like okay they've been running this one for six months this yeah, was clearly but working like when I started apps.code like me and my friend Danielle like we would regularly be like looking at other people's funnels how did they structure them like there was a lot of study there so I get that I also understand now I'm not even sure like I also run webinars I'm trying to think if the webinar is directly on the website I think it is but it's not front and how center. else do you get people into it there's a landing page but it's not the main website so if you are for example the link I think we maybe should did you look at her Instagram uh, at her Instagram yeah oh yeah was the link so the link in the bio went to the website it was like a um one of those pop-ups where there's like several CTAs oh, and it wasn't like join the free class was not one of them. Was not one of Which them, is right. what leads me to believe that maybe just at the specific time that I was trying to secret shop her, it, it, wasn't, it wasn't actually, yeah, she I wasn't I would imagine she one. probably has like a landing page, which yeah. is like a one page And website. the ads would probably direct to that. Ads direct to that, whatever. But and in any focused on signing up. So, you, so did you find it eventually or no? I think since then, because I do follow her and like, yeah. you know, kind of keep up with her. I think I've seen her promote them since then. So I'm like, all right, it was, I, it was just kind it. of the timing. Yeah. But I did sign up for her newsletter. Yeah. Which is called The Workbook. The Work, that's cute. And I know, I thought that was cute too. The Excel Workbook. So I wanted to get on the email list to see. I was like, I needed to give her my email address somehow because I want to see if she, if like what, I'm sure there's the some system in yeah. the back end that's like, you know, capturing my email and then doing something with it. And this is what I thought was so interesting about what she did. The first email came the following day. So I did get a confirmation email that was like, you're on the, whatever. Subscribed. Yeah. The very next day, she pitched me the course right away straight to the sale straight was to it the, the low sale. ticket or the high higher price point because you said she has a range of prices right 97 she gave you the low ticket so Try that makes sense so so subject line said something about this is what was also interesting the subject line was like the truth about entrepreneurship and i'm like good subject line weird that she's she's like leaning into that element of her brand oh entrepreneurship yeah because it's it excel. wasn't the truth about excel it was like and that mm -hmm. got me to click i was like oh what it the heck? worked i opened it and at the bottom of the email was the section about her like entrepreneurial journey but the top it was a sales pitch it's tried to sell me the course this is what it is and i just thought that was interesting because i think in my mind and in what we do, I had this idea of like, you have to deliver, 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 free value, free value. Free. You have to like really warm someone up first. And she just hit me with it. And I was like, well, I'm going to assume that that's working for her. What's the range? See, here's the thing. Is that when I look assumption? at people's funnels, I don't straight up assume that it's working for them. Why? I think just from knowing from like everybody's A-B testing their own stuff and trying to see what mm, works, particularly at that like $2 million level where it's not so much about like trying to figure out does this work? It's like how do I optimize this? Because just a little bit increase in the conversion rate makes a big difference. Yeah. And so I think 
Like, I have friends, too, that, like, look at people, like, look at what they're doing and, like, assume that it's working. I think we could probably even, like, expand this even bigger to, like, in general, when you see someone, like, posting all these things on social media and, like, all those things, you could go, like, oh, their life is perfect. Or you go, like, it's probably not. I always go, when I look at what people are doing, I just take it with, like, a grain of salt that, like, obviously some of the things are, of course, working, but I don't think you can take everything. But this worked. Yes. it It got you to open, so you were an open rate number. And... So the other thing about her that I thought was interesting. What do you think the email open rate is for that email? Fuck, I don't know. You had to guess. It's even newsletter you know thing. High, low. 30%. 30%. I would guess. Yeah. About okay. 30%. Okay. Well, 30% is good. It's the first one. I wish we could ask her. Let's call her up. Like, yeah. What would happen if you just we should have, we can ask her, her up? Um, okay. So the other thing that was interesting is I got into a in, in the process of me trying to figure out how was she doing this. Yeah. Because it's her and her boyfriend actually does a lot of stuff for her, like works for her. Oh. They have no other employees. It's just the two of them. Do they and have any contractors? How I would don't you know? think so because I listened to so many interviews with her. So oh, unless she she's straight about it, unless she's lying, I don't no, think no, no, she no, is. No, 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 no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She talked about it. She said it. She okay. talked about it. Her work schedule actually became the more interesting thing to me about her, and was like, mm. I was just sitting there like, damn, I'm doing this so wrong. Like my life is so wrong. She was telling in these interviews that she's very into energy management and like the energetics of business. Mm, and it like got, it. it skewed very woo-woo. You would have loved it. I'm here for the woo-woo. Yeah, you would have loved it. So she's talking about how she works two to three hours a day. Yeah. And what she does is every morning she's the same routine where she like works out, she meditates for like mm-hmm. 30 minutes, which to me, I'm like, oh my God, yeah. 30 minutes. That's a long meditation. They'll like swim and like get in water and do things like that. In water, great She'll idea. She'll start working at noon and yeah. go to like three. Yeah. And that that is like the power of the day. She also said that when she's making these courses, she was like, it, it occurred to me that this could take however much time I allow it to take. So she was like, or... I could recognize that this is going to be 40 to 50 to 60 hours of work total to do and do it in one week and just get it like, yeah, like sprint, sprint and get it production. done and then rather than like, I'm just going to like, so I think what she, it sounds like she's doing these, these very compacted condensed sprint weeks that are just like crazy I'm and not sustainable and then has like months of time where it's just like light promotion, the webinar once a month. Yep. Yep. Everything is automated People on the using back end. The product and you're getting insights on what works, doesn't work. Now and then you go in for another kit. What I'll yeah. say though, is I don't know. I mean, she's only been doing this for like a year or two. Yeah. So when we talk about sustainability, I'm not. I, I would love to check in five years from now and go, is that still, have you tapped that market? Yeah. At some point, are there are you going to run out of people to sell this to? Yeah. And also, I think at a certain size of business, I think she's like actually at a good spot. I think like once you get to starting to get into like three to five, the things that you need to get from like that first stage, like the things you need as a CEO are totally different. Things you need as a leader are totally mm, different. Wait, say more about that. Okay, so like that first phase, and I actually learned a lot of this from my executive coach, Amen. Like that first phase is really about like product. And so like it sounds like she's very, as a founder, like in the she's creation making of all of product, it herself. Right. Yeah. And it, and at that like up until that point, like that's a perfect, that's what you should be doing. Yeah, you, and you, you have, have to know what you're selling. Yeah. You know you what need you're to be- selling. 
all of that. You know who your customer is and like who that person is and like get to know. And what them. is the revenue that you said? You you mentally, what do you associate where it that shifts? With? Where does it shift? At what point are you like, nope? I think get out it's of the hard to get past three to five for multiple years. Okay. Without you having to shift into doing other things and other, like having other priorities and like things, what you need as a leader shifts. But does so, that, is that different though for you if it is only still her and one other person? Is it shifting because it of management or there no other longer things? that, right? Like the sheer volume of customer support emails that come oh, in could so exceed true. what is physically possible to do, right? Like I'm so there's a point where just like it exceeds that. And also like the reality is she was like, you grow as a person, mm-hmm. right? And so like maybe you don't, like at a certain point you're like, I'm spending all of my time answering emails. I'm not or, like, whatever Excel. the thing is. I'm Mrs. PowerPoint now. <laughs> you grow or out of it like, a little what bit. What you want to work on and spend time yeah. on. So I do yeah. think like that that does happen in reality. But I do think this is like kind of the conversation we're having though about like is does the aspiration have to be to go past that? Like I think so much of our conversation You know how about, happy I would be with three to five million dollars reliably. It. I'd be happy with a third of that ha- reliably for a yeah, long time. But I think it's really hard Damn. for people to do. Like the pressure of like you saw social media and someone was doing something more, and then also like your perception of what's a lot changes. Holy <laughs> okay. Can I tell you that when I first started, my like pie in the sky dream was to do 10,000 a month. Right. And then I I was at like 25 and I was like, well, how do we get to 50? Like it yeah. was like immediately it's like vroom, you have before ha- you, you become, even hit the goal, you yeah. have the next one. It's like it doesn't even like you it's very rare particularly for like women like us, people like us that who are like high achievers. Episode. Like it's rare that you even make it to the goal before you have the next You've one. You've got the next one. Yeah. I agree. I think that that's that is uh maybe something that gets at the heart of knowing what is enough. Yeah. And, and Having some level of contentment, which gets back to the idea of optimizing. What are you optimizing for? Maybe this is this is the thing. Yeah. I think I always told people, I'm optimizing for lifestyle. I want work-life balance. I'm optimizing for whatever. And then every single decision I was making, I was like, no, you're optimizing for growth. But you're saying this, decision. but you're deciding this. What's an like, example of a decision that was like misaligned? Okay, so if I'm telling, I would say things like, yeah, I want work-life balance. I'm doing this. For example, I'm joining Morning Brew. I'm, 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 you know, selling and and not doing this on my own. Yeah. Because I don't want to work for sixty hours a week. Yeah. Like I want to have less responsibility. I want to be. I think that sounds really nice. And then the second I got in, I was like, well, what can we do? Can we do this? Let's add this. Let's add this. It was like the second the time opened up, it was like I just filled it with more. Filled stuff. it with more to dos. Yes. What do you get at the wall? What do you think when you hear the word lifestyle business? I think something that you can comfortably do in like four hours a day or you're consistently doing like four days a week. Yeah. And it's like if you want to take a month off, things can like kind of run themselves or nothing a falls. A month up. off. That's a lot of time. Huh? I know. But I think that that's a life like you you have the uh. level of flexibility to where you are physically doing less. And I think that a lot of a lot of these things, like she, I think, has that 100% yeah. because everything is so tweaked to be like, 
I know how I create the income. It yeah. comes, I know if I reliably do A, B, and C, then D will happen. Yep. And I think that that's a much different model than like, we are doing seven different things because we're still in the phase of figuring out what works and where we want to focus that's our energy. And so I think lifestyle business, I hear that. And I mm. think growth is not the goal. Do you think like overall general energy of the the term lifestyle business good or bad? I think it it has a derogatory framing. Like I think when I hear For that, sure. I think of like uh, like like whatever the opposite of ambition is. But I I don't like think not ambitious, not ambitious enough. And I don't think yeah. it should be. That. I'm like I think that there's. I don't think there's anything wrong. If anything, I'm trying to get myself to that point where yeah. I'm like, that's the goal. Like, wouldn't that be nice to have a life that's not fully, where it's not, the, <laughs> this is not the only thing you think about all day long? And yet, we don't have And here life. we are. It is all we think about. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, back to business. We'll show about it. Yeah, okay. I, I think because I come from a background of tech where lifestyle business is a terrible word. It's really very pulling for me. Like, this is really like a whole mind thing I've had to work through of like, I started my first business. I was not thinking of building a lifestyle business. I was like, I kind of got sucked into the VC track kind of culture mm, and conversation. Okay. And so when I built my second business, when I built apps without code, my whole intention was I'm not doing that. I want to build a lifestyle going business. hard, but no, I want to build a lifestyle business. Oh, the first, Oh, I got to I okay, build a lifestyle confused. business. But I think if I actually look to your point year to year at just like what was motivating me, there are some years where I'm like, no, we've got to grow and like figure out all the growth at all costs. And I, very much see myself and acknowledge the gap in my space of myself of being pretty like schizophrenic about this back and forth about this and for myself like are we building a growth thing are we building a lifestyle business thing do you feel like you're back and forth yeah, yeah. all the time yeah well, because I think I see, I, I wrestle with it because I'm like, I believe in what we're doing. Yeah. And I believe that the more people that are brought into that fold, the better. Yeah. Like, I think that there's a really positive impact. And so there's a side of me that's like, why wouldn't, you're 28. Like, yeah. why wouldn't you try to make it as big as possible? Why yeah. wouldn't you try to touch as many people's lives as you possibly can? Yeah. And really see how far you can take it. Why play smaller than you would need to? Yeah. But then there's a part of me that also recognizes that a lot of that, I think, is just ego. And is like... Ooh, it's so... It's all ego. Yeah. yeah. And is ego necessarily a bad thing? No. Sometimes, like, you need to, like, leverage and harness and wield the ego to, like, Like, is the there a thing. part of... Yeah. I, I just... I, I don't know. I think about that a lot. Like, is there something inherently... I saw something once that was like, the more healed I become, the less ambitious I become. And I'm like, I do wonder if ambition can ever be purely kind of intrinsically motivated and not about extrinsic reward in some capacity. I'm like, definitely going through that right now. So really? I definitely feel that. I feel like the ambition just shifts. Like the ambition is shifting from like, like material world, 3D, like... Oh yeah, financial it's like ambition and more about self-actualization. So I'm still ambitious, but I do think it shifts, and I do think that like that for sure is like a thing that I've experienced. Yeah, I think I'm I'm starting to walk down that path. Yeah, I've been a little bit. How do you feel about it? Um, 
I think... I've heard you say multiple times some equivalent of, like, I would just like to, like, you know... You know what it is? Hire someone. Yeah, I want to... I think... Well, you know what's helpful to understand contextually is that I started Money with Katie specifically to document my journey to early retirement. Ah. So, like, that was the original goal. And I think in the process of being like, oh, wait, I actually love... I don't want to not do this. Like, this is... I think about it 24... This is a game. Like, I love this. And I think at some point along the way, I kind of lost the fun of it. And I think it used to be a little more fun in trying to outsmart, outwit, what is the outlast outplay? I'm like on a game of survivor, you know, but I think it like, I think it's, it, it shifted at some point to where it became me originally feeling real. And then looking around, like you kind of alluded to like the goal keeps, the goalpost keeps moving. moving. And I would meet people that had, you just have friends, 10 million, 20 million. And I'm like, I ain't shit. I was just going to say, like, your Ugh. friend group gets richer, the things around you. And yeah, and I started possible. to be like, yeah. oh, my God, I'm nothing. I haven't done anything impressive. Oh, my God. And I started to put this pressure on myself to be bigger and better. And so I'm, I'm trying to interrogate that now and be like, why was this not yeah. enough? So, okay, so that was that. that's a great. Again, we should do an entire episode about that. But that was that was Miss Excel. Yeah, no, no, and it's an interesting conversation that comes out of like how all you of it. take a big revenue product, lots of customers, but do it with a small team. Yeah, anybody else you can think of that? Yeah, yeah, that? yeah. I want to tell you about. Do you know who Thomas Frank is? No. Okay, so I interviewed him for the Money with Katie show, actually. Thomas but Frank. I found him because. There is, I think, in the course world, yeah, in the educational space, at yes. least in in personal finance, yes, courses are kind of how people make a lot of money. Yes. But courses kind of had a moment during the pandemic, and That's I right. think we're on the other side of that now. Yeah. And so I don't know the longevity, but yeah. I was always more drawn person asynchronous courses. We'll say, yeah. There's also something really like I was thinking about doing big revenue numbers with small teams there are some business models to your point where that works and doesn't work like if you want to produce yes. manufactured tablets right right like this is like an really online business hard to yeah. do so this is online business centric and what's unique about i think like both of these examples the one you just gave with miss excel and the one thomas frank mm-hmm. okay the one you're about to give is like with an education business in at least in America, but I think across the board, there's like a high value perception of education. Education is expensive, is our culture. Yeah. Right. Prestigious. Um, but mm-hmm. it can be an online project. The product is a digital product. And so it doesn't take as much to produce. Mm-hmm. And you can kind of do it with a one person team. And I think it creates a particular nice storm for that model. Yeah. Right. I also think there's a fair bit of like healthy skepticism too around yeah. courses because it's not like that shit's regulated whatsoever. It's not, not like there's all. like an accreditation or like there None. are plenty of scammers. Tons. So, so Tons. I think that that's so I, I have a love hate relationship with that world Yeah. because I'm like, I don't, I, sometimes I think it's like, you could have just written a book. Yeah, we have courses by the way. Money with Kitty does have courses. Yeah. So it's not that we don't do it, but we keep our price point low. And anyway, yeah. I prefer tools. I think something yeah. that someone can functionally continue to use yeah. is really cool, but it's hard to sell something that is like a, on a no code platform yeah. like Google sheets or like notion. Yeah that you can charge a lot of money for. Mm. And it's it's hard to justify that value unless there is truly... In general, it's hard to sell tool, online tools, tools that are, are for a lot of money because people have a value perception that like tools are worth less. Bingo. So the other funnel that you were talking about was Thomas Frank. His, so he sells a tool. Okay, so that's right. what I like about him is that... What is his tool? 
It is a Notion product. Yeah. I think it's called Ultimate Brain or Second. I can't remember. There's two There's two different things in his kind of ecosystem. Or like he's has like a partnership with this guy yeah. named Tiago Forte that is also in that like productivity space. Oh, I but think I know him. Yeah. Thomas started as a YouTuber. And he started making YouTube videos in 2014. Yeah. But... He was making productivity content and how to be more effective, how to use your time more effectively. And he got really into Notion. So he was doing Notion kind of on the side, like just figuring it out for himself. And yeah. he does it, he's not a developer, but he like liked how customizable it was. Yeah. Now you can like really build it into whatever you want. So he made a sub channel for his YouTube channel called Thomas Frank Explains. So his main okay. channel, Thomas Frank, then you have Thomas Frank Explains. Thomas Frank, the main channel, has like 3 million followers, or subscribers, rather. Oh, interesting. He already had an audience. And then he launches Thomas Frank Explains okay. to be like the go-to library of content about Notion. If yeah. you want to learn Notion, you want to master this software, you go to Thomas Frank Explains. So like okay. anyone like that's Notion. searching... I'm in this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyone that's searching, how do I make this a notion? Like, the SEO is very yeah. favorable for him because it's just kicking his YouTube videos. So he quickly amassed hundreds of thousands of subscribers that are hyper-focused on this one tool yeah. on Notion. And then he just, he said that one Saturday, he was like dinking around with his, the productivity system that he had created mm. in Notion. And he was like... I should sell this. Like, I think he started to try to make a course, and then he's like, why am I trying to teach people how to make their own? I'm just going to sell them yeah. mine. So he figured out how to Wait, turn how it into a template. A temp. Oh, okay, yeah. Sell so a template. template, and then you take the template and you can make edits yes. to it and do your own thing. Yes. Got it. So he charges $129 for that. Okay. He ended up launching another product later. Again, same story, where it's something that he made for himself and his team, which I love that, because I like that, to me, yep. immediately leapfrogs all of the skeptics that I have about you like throwing yeah, something it's, it's like, like a thing I've been using that I know works Here's you had a problem yeah, yeah, yeah. you solved it this is the product that came out of that I have that mm -hmm. same problem I'm like sold. I want that tool too so yeah so he made something like specifically for creators yeah. which I think is great lean into what you know so he I tried to secret shop him but I think what's so interesting about his is at that $129 price point and at a with a tool that it's it's like he's not like relaunching it. There's no like it's webinar. Always available. It's like always on masterclass. Interesting. So he has a YouTube. He uses the YouTube channel. He's posting new videos. I think he says what? now he's down to like once a month. He only has one product. The two. It's the one. Okay, got it. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he posts these videos about Notion. Yeah. He teaches you how to do things in the video. And then he'll like, you know, here's how you do that within the ultimate brain template. Or yeah. here's how you do that within the creator, whatever. And then he just links to them in the description. And the amount of traffic flowing through that YouTube channel. Yeah. That top of funnel is large enough such that they're yeah. making... Oh, my God. How much did he say they did last year? Like, what? It was over a million a yeah. year. Over at, a at 129. Just put the link into the bio, click it. Consistently. I feel like that 129 and below price point is a good price point for like you don't need to like do a bunch of prep or like a webinar, for example. You can send people straight to the yes, thing. Yes, agreed. Yeah. You don't have to make a hard sales pitch. So to both them. of these scenarios are straight to sale. Actually, has you know a webinar, what? But yeah, with his the email went straight. Yes, no yeah. sales calls. But with his, okay. So here's this is reminding me now. Let me check my notes. Yeah. Okay, so I joined his email list. He drove to free Notion templates first. Yeah. Okay, so it was like a pared down kind of watered down uh, version. I got a freebie first, and then he uses that. Yeah, it's like a classic lead magnet. So he's like has the free template. You get the free template, and then. 
he makes the hard sell in like the follow-up email. So I, I went to his profile too to kind of like see because he'll yeah. he'll talk about this stuff. He wrote a thread about how in his sales email copy, this kind of harkens back to the Miss Excel thing, he used to wait a few emails. He would like mm. send you a lot of emails first, first. and then start value selling add, to you. value add, value add, then sell. He said he started trying to sell an email one and he saw conversion shoot right up. And yeah. his whole thing was like my theory about why this works is because when you have an interested party that has just given you their email, they're the warmest right then. They yeah. want to make that decision right then, so they're ready to take action. So if you can if you can hit them right then with the value add and it's like a good fit. Yeah, it's a good timing to do it. So many entrepreneurs, though, yeah. I think have imposter syndrome about, yes. like, I don't want to, like— give the person the sale right now. I don't want to put my pitch right now. I'm going to put it like really far down and like really like get, I need to give a bunch. Nurture. And I think like <laughs> nurture. And I do think there's a bunch of value and it doesn't, isn't that Gary Vaynerchuk's like yeah. book, jab, 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 right hook. The idea that you like, that does sound like a Gary like Vaynerchuk. You're like boxing, but that you like give value, give value, give value. Then you sell is essentially yes. the premise. Right. Um, but also there's an element of this, which is like, Ooh, I'm just like scared a little bit about giving, the offer yeah there's a, and like how do you balance those two? when I talked to him too I think we had that conversation a little bit because he said at first he felt really weird yeah. about selling something because yes. everything else he did for free and he's like I just don't want people to be upset with me yes. like I don't want the subscribers that watch my videos to be upset that I'm charging them but for I've this. been through so many funnels where I'm trying to get to the paid thing and I just want to buy <laughs> like I want to buy the just thing so irritated that I can't get there and it's taking yeah. so long so in the first email I got the first email the same night it had two links to free templates and yeah. a video tutorial and he, he mentioned the product the second email is the next day that was the hard pitch I hadn't even opened the first one at that point I just had them set to filter to a folder so I would get them and be able to like go through them it's called like a swipe file a swipe file swipe file is like the file of like other things people are doing that you think are interesting oh swipe file I like that Mm. swiper no swiping swiper no okay wait what is swiper no swiping from Dora Dora the yeah the OG oh and there was the last thing discount code for $50 off in that second email hard sell which was like perfect so he didn't I didn't have to open the first email because you know how sometimes you can set up triggers where it's like if they don't open the first one you don't send them another one like they have to keep engaging people who are engaged yeah. yes the, I hadn't opened either of them and they both came in so it's like that's mm-hmm. also interesting to me because that those are the little tweaks that I think sometimes yeah. at, they seem small but at the margins they can really make a big make difference, a big difference. Yeah. so I think it's like the fact that it was just two emails and there was a discount code, I was like, beautiful. It does not surprise me at yeah. all that this is working. I like the ideas and sort of what you were saying about having like product. Yeah. Um, there is, I think it's Nathan Barry. He runs ConvertKit. Oh, yeah. ConvertKit. I met him at Ramit Sethi's like launch party, yeah. actually. He's super nice. He has this like article. I think it's a blog post. It's like levels of wealth creation. Oh. And essentially, like the levels are what kind of product or what kind of offering you should be selling at different levels of the game. So like essentially when you're just starting, when you haven't done anything, like it's re- haven't done any entrepreneurship, right? And actually just in general, when you're making money, even if you back up, if you have a job, you're making money, you're sh- exchanging like time for money, right? And that's kind of like the first level yeah. of like wealth creation. Then the sort of next level is you're doing things like you're creating like a service business. Okay. A lot of times that people want to That to me still jump. feels like time for money. 
in a way it is it's kind of a graduated version because it's not just job there is a business there and it's serving oh like, i like, see the just kind of the next yeah. level right but yeah. it is the next level is like productized service right yeah. so instead of just like i'll do this thing for you it's like i have a package where we do four of these things every month and it's this price or you can have this package where we do eight of these things this month and it's this price so time for money pure service productized service and then there's like full product which is like a software a notion template like a clear like product there okay and the a lot of times people try to jump from like only doing the first thing to like all the way to the end of like I'm going to go straight to product and I think if I think about my own businesses and sort of how they've evolved so much of like the very first version of the product was a service so when I launched oh. my course, the first version of that course was like, we're going to meet on Zoom each week and I'm going to live teach the class. Yeah. yeah. Okay, wait, I want to ask you more about this because yeah. I think there's something really important in there. So we're going to come back to that right after a quick break. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. So it's interesting because you're, you're talking about how the first version of it was a service. Yeah. I want to dig into that a little bit more because something that I'm not quite clear on is like, you and I recently were just talking about how, you know, you noticed that there was a need for this product or that for, for this service, but for this yeah. business, we'll say, yeah, we won't even be specific about product or service, but you noticed there was a need. And then I felt like in, in the story you told me, it was just kind of like, and then there, then we, I put on a workshop and 70 people were there and I was like, wait, hold on. Like, yeah, yeah, what yeah. do you mean? Like, where did that come from? And, and. When you developed this, yeah. talk, talk me through the iterations. Like, what was the yeah. MVP, and then how did you build on that? And then how did you, was it $2,000 to begin with? Like, yeah. give me I the- I always start businesses as services first, actually. Interesting. Not with the intention that they always stay a service. Even when I built, like, for example, my very first app business, the very first iteration of this was, like, I built a type form. People answered questions about their taste in art. My first company was an art startup, and so we had an algorithm that matched people to artwork. But when we started, it was, like, fill out this type form about what you like, and then I went on LinkedIn and found an art advisor and was, like, hey, I'm working on this project. I'll give you, like, from when we sell artwork, I'll give you a commission of the sale. Can you help me find artwork for people? And she manually looked at the results, went on the internet, found artwork for people, put it into a separate type form, and then sent it back to them. And the separate type form had, like, you could rate on a scale of 1 to 10 how much you like the different artwork wow. and get feedback. And so I started that as a service, right? And then gradually it got, like, more tech-directed. So, like, the next version after that. You know how surveys have, like, show-hide? Mm -hmm. They have, like, like, if you say, what's your favorite color? The if-thens. Yeah, logic on the logic. Back. So what's your favorite color? The next question is like, great, why do you like blue? If you said blue. Or if great, why do you like red? If you said red. And what it's doing is it's like showing you the blue question and hiding mm -hmm. the red question. Yeah. Right? Conditional. So I, conditional logic. logic. Right. So I took that like functionality and essentially loaded like a bunch of artwork into this survey. This was like version two. And so 
if you said, so then it gave you instant art recommendations. If you said you liked paintings and photography, it showed you the things that matched that and didn't show you the other things. And that was like V2. And that was, how would you classify that on that scale you just gave us? The first one's pure service. The second one starts to get into productized service, but and really like you, janky version of the product. Did and you then we struggle got with, oh, oh, but it was commission-based. Would you yeah. make money if they bought the piece? Yeah, we make money on the sale. Exactly. I was going to say, because yeah. I was like, I feel like that's a value perception thing, yeah. too, where if it feels like it's a BuzzFeed quiz or if it, if they don't realize what's happening. I made happening. my first $35,000 with that quiz. So, yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. And so I but think not people used to, to take like, quits. They're pe- they're, you only make money if Some, they buy a, We had a couple different variations. So, like, I was mad oh. iterating. So there was a version where people paid an amount up front. People, like, typically pay for, like, art advisors. And so I intentionally positioned it as a service. Actually, one of the things I almost always do is, like, I position what I'm doing as a service and compare it to that. Hmm. So even when it was an app, all of the language was around, like, get your own art advisor. Right. And same way that like, oh, um, what oh, is the clothing okay. company? Because people have a high value perception of services and they're like, oh, like technology and software, that should be cheap, even though it takes a bunch of work to build. Yeah. So all of, so like that first version was like, start with service. You can be on the ground with service and like understand like what didn't work for you. What did you like? What did you not like? With apps without code, yeah. the very first version of what we made was a service too. I had five people. So the first time I did it, people were reading my blog People were emailing me and I was like, people keep asking me for help building the app. I've been journaling about like the progressions of all the way from like janky survey to building this app, but still without code, people wanted help with that. So I sent out like an email that I was going to be doing this. I took one-on-one sales calls with people about like, what are you working on? How, How can I help you? Offering them it's almost like upfront. you were positioning yourself as like a sort of consultant. Yeah. And then I think most education businesses, there's it comes from that person like consulting and then going straight into course or at least the era that I was in. I think now people go straight to course. Um, but it was about like, how do you help people and then turn that knowledge and what you've been doing, what's been working to you into more of a productized service. But it's much easier to start with like service than productized service. Break down productized. Someone that's listening to this going, I don't. What do you mean productized service? Even what I do now like has a lot of elements of productized service. So an example of productized service is you have a set price. It's not like we come up with the custom price whenever you're you not want. charging by the hour. You're not charging by the hour or like we just decide it's different for each person. You have packages. Yeah. Right? So an example of this is like yeah, what I'm are your gonna, packages? Oh, so for mine. Okay. So we have two. Okay. Now there's been different variations. You want now or you want when I started? Um Whichever you think is more interesting. Okay. When I started, there were three. Okay, great. There was actually, no, back up. When I started, there, <laughs> when I started, there was one. Yeah. I, you're right. I do brush by the first iteration. Bro, you were, it feels like, you it were so like... long ago. So the first iteration, there was one price. It was $900. I read a bunch of people's Holy blogs. Holy shit, you started at 900 bucks. I read a bunch of people's blogs about what they were charging. I literally just copied their exact, I remember that Brian Harris funnel. I copied everything pretty much that he did. So I just pulled from what other people were doing and I was like okay let's see worst case scenario I'll pull the price down yeah I know yeah yeah okay it's really hard to move the price and that's 900 for the service it was like $900 it was a course still but it was a I'm gonna show up live in the zoom we're gonna talk to it together there were some like I had some one-on-one sessions I think a few as part of that too so that was the first version and pretty much in the first week I and I my whole plan was to have five people 
Okay. So like in the first week I had my five people. And I think whenever you have ease of getting people, you should know your price is too low. It shouldn't be that easy. There should be mm-hmm. some friction if you have good pricing. So after I helped those five people launch their apps, we did it again. And I asked a bunch of friends who had audiences, hey, I'm going to do a workshop. Why am I going to do a workshop? Because I read on a blog that somebody else did a workshop, so I'm about to try it. <laughs> it wasn't like, oh, I'm being strategic. It was like I was funnel hacking. We call it funnel hacking. But swipe like, folder. I had a swipe folder. I had, I had secret shopped yeah. what other people were doing. So I was like, let me try myself doing it instead of like, just calling each person let me like try this in a group setting so I had a bunch of people I think I had maybe a thousand people sign up for the webinar holy smokes and a good webinar typically has like a third what drove that traffic was that from the blog organically was it no running primarily no this is pre-ads I asked friends who had audiences of of entrepreneurs people who wanted to get an entrepreneurship and people who wanted to get into tech to tell plug people it. about the workshop, to plug it, put it in like a newsletter or whatever. And, when and you... I would give them a percentage of the sale when someone. So, okay, so we're talking workshop though. Yeah. So, like, with what I'm trying to get at is like what you taught them in the workshop. Was it just like, oh. well, I already wrote this blog post explaining how to do it. So, no. I'm really just like breaking that down and teaching what I already know how to do. Or was okay, it great. like, what do you, what, when you had that workshop? Yeah. I mean, I, I know the general so, workshop webinar model where it's like you teach something kind of surface level or you teach something like one yeah. little piece and then you direct to the hard sell. But like yeah. the product itself and, and was it really you just teaching what you already knew how to do? Because what the you workshop? were done. Um, no, or actually the with, the, with the class, with the product. No, the thing in that the people actual were class, for. it's like, let's open up the software tool and click by click, start building your app. Got First, it. everybody's app probably needs a profile. Let's, by the end of the class, have everybody have profiles completed oh, and published Did and you launched. build out a curriculum for this? Yeah. Okay, so yeah. you knew, like, every single... How many classes were total in this? Um, the first version of the program was 12 weeks. 12 weeks? 12 weeks. And you were showing up every week? Yep, I you showed up every week, it. and then there was homework every week. And pretty much, I probably built, like, the first four weeks up front... And so, like, I actually, actually, I sold it before we had even finished because I was like, I'm not gonna like yeah. make this a whole formal wow. thing if no one signs up. It's like if people don't want it, that's whack. Yeah, <laughs> built if sold. In general, I think that's like a good approach to do. I think you have to pitch it as a service, not like you know what is cracking product. me up now. Sitting yeah. here, I'm like literally realizing this live, is that I think. I kind of did the same thing yeah. and didn't notice. So this Say whole more about that. starting as a service, when I, f- pre-Money with Katie, okay, yeah. this is like before Money with Katie was uh, yeah twinkle in my eye. I was really into personal finance. And so I had started a little consulting thing that was like for friends and friends of friends where it was yeah. like, you pay me 50 or a hundred bucks. I'll sit down with you and help you make a budget. I'll help you make a plan to tackle your debt. I'll show you how yeah. to open a Roth IRA. Like it was, it wasn't anything that you would need like a license. It was just kind of yeah, like, I'll help. I'll help. And Let's talk about it and I'll help you set this some of up. That conversation because it just occurred to me as so much like I'll help. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You so I'm like, let me show you how to do this. And I charged very little for it. But in the process of doing that, and there was actually kind of this intermediary, like the true, true OGs will remember this. There was kind of a, a, a first ditch effort at turning that into something a little more official where I had a couple partners yeah, and we had a a business called matriarch financial where we would like do that, but in a little more of a formal capacity. And so 
anyway, that was okay. But again, hard to scale because yeah. you have to, you are on sales calls. That's right. You are trying to get people to. But you iterate on it and the next version of the iteration looks more productized yes. than the and full Yes, and in the process of doing that, I had to make spreadsheets that I used as the template and the basis yeah. of everybody's budget. And then it wasn't until like Money with Katie was off the ground and up and running and people were kind of emailing me like, hey, didn't there used to be like a spreadsheet? And I was like, wait a second. And that's how you know, by the way, that you have something really good is people are asking, asking you for it. it. Yeah. And people were like asking me, hey, can you show me how you did that thing? Hey, can you help me? My idea is not like an art yeah. startup. It's this, but like, I but would But it's just kind of that. funny because I'm like, wow, in retrospect, I see that now. Yeah. And I had not connected those dots that we did the same I yeah. did the same thing it was like it started as a service it started as kind of like a consult pay for pay for play like yeah. pay for time and then it was like wait a second but there's something there is a nugget here I can't obviously can't can't make yeah. myself available but it's like I can put my philosophy into this tool that kind of does it for you it's, it's like more DIY I so one of the things that I'm playing with a lot now and at absolute could we're doing is like taking how do you take pro your philosophy about how you do something and turn it even more into like next on that progression product so I'm spending a lot of time right now we've built this like AI you know I love AI this AI driven tool that asks you questions about your app idea oh this is what it, you've been working you keep talking you've been kind of yes. talking about this yeah okay. we're using it with students now so it asks you about your app idea it outlines all of the pages and exactly what needs to go on each page and creates a mock-up of each of the pages of what that will look like it's like this really like fun experience of like oh that's my app wow and then we have a tool in the back end where it takes that outline and it actually builds the app and like you literally like see the computer doing the clicking Holy and so shit. we haven't that second part we haven't like released out to the yeah. public but like now we're thinking even more about how do we productize and all of it is not just like stuff that you already know it's like from from helping from doing it myself from so many times and then helping other people so many times there's like a methodology to it yes exactly yeah. you kind of have the formula but you yeah. it's hard to get the formula without actually having done it all. that's where which is what I'm saying about the yes, service like it's hard the iterations to yeah. I, I think it's hard to go straight to the end straight to point. the end like and you, there are so many versions like if I look back at like v1 of so many of like the things I've worked on I'm like oof, that was not great oh yeah so like you iterate on it and I think so many times people get like caught up and like the first version has to be perfect me I can't you do that me with this show <laughs> no I don't think you've done that at I'm all. like the first episode needs to be they should have want to listen to it every day for the rest of their lives we go let yeah. it get better it's yeah. like a good work of art that Truly. you can go back and see it well iterative it's iterative. you know what okay so so I think I am happy now that we've gotten for our product that we've gotten to the point where I'm very confident in the product itself. I'm like, we're on our fifth official version. Yeah. We now kind of have the development process worked out. It's like very easy for, like I have, the right, I have the right partner working on it who's just like a genius. And I'm like, this is great. So I feel good about that. I think where I struggle is that I want to know kind of your approach to always on. And if you think with the specifically mm -hmm. caveat with the price point, that's low, right? Yeah. What is the, cause I'm thinking, you know, if I'm launching it every year, there's a huge influx at launch. So it's like yes. $49 a pop or, you know, we might adjust it a little bit this year, but like around 50, we'll say. And there's usually like a few hundred thousand launch weekend. And then like over the course of the next few months, yeah. you get 
you know, probably another twenty to 50000 a month for, like, the... Yeah, there's, like, yep. some afterglow effect. And when you say always on, you mean, like, the product's always available, you can go buy it anytime. Yes, exactly. It's Versus, like, like, a launch when it, like, releases. Yeah, and it's, it's... I think it's easy when you're hyping something up at a launch to drive a lot of sales of right course. away. But then once it's out there and the innate urgency or the innate hype is gone, how do you consistently get that in front of people in an automated way where and I, I think the answer is probably something about email and just making sure that we're like mm. getting in front of the right people. But it's, it's a little tough when you're in a bunch of different places. Like we have channels, we, we are in a lot of different places. So I'm like, how do we then kind of create an ecosystem where the right people are being served that yeah. product at the right time. And I think I'm going to probably mimic the Thomas Frank model a little bit. Interesting. I also don't know that I love the always-on model. I love the, like, in-between of launch and always-on. I think there's something in-between. Oh, like, almost which like is quarterly like, like, or example, mini. I see a lot of people do this with, like, membership group content. Yeah, right? yeah. Which is, like, eat, there's a monthly open Right. Each month it's open. So you got to give if you if it's open the first week of the month and you find it the third week of the month, you get on the wait list and then it opens the first week of the month. You've got to get in. There's still like a reason to go and move hmm. kind of quickly. And then like you close it. Yeah, I wonder because sometimes I think that if that only works, if the audience you're, you're it kind of. I think you can fatigue people that way. Yeah, I think it works pretty well for, like, new people. I do think from a funnel perspective, there's just going to be people who are never going to buy the planner, and, like, that's fine. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. I think it is. uh, I think it is email. I think that is the answer. It's just figuring that out. But I Yeah, but you can do all these things that we're mentioning. Those things can be done all the The interim thing is interesting. I know there is a way to pull off always on, because I know know people that are doing it. So I'm like, maybe there is something there with just... The, the kind of the back end and getting right to it and, and making sure that the, the content that's like marketing for like, yeah. like in that sense, I'm referring to the way that like Thomas Frank has these videos where it's like, you know, that the people watching that video are yep. interested in notion because but the video is about the video. Notion. There's some kind of content event. Like the video got posted. There's a new video yeah. that's happening. And so there's the experience for a brand new person seeing the funnel where like they're coming into a first thing. And then I think to your point, like you do something with email, like right immediately just tell the, at least tell them that you have the thing. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Tell them that you have the planner. But I think there's also then a separate strategy into this. for people who are already in the audience. And I think if you separate your strategy for people who are new coming in and people who are all, all like already in the community, I think you need a slightly different plan for each of them. I agree. I think that the, I kind of love the idea of doing several launches a year, but I think that there needs yeah. to be... I'm almost into the workshop thing. I think that there might be something there because I think some people do want yep. the want that personal yeah. touch, but it doesn't mean that it has to be a one on one. Obviously, it but doesn't you have can... to be a one on one. And also, like I think sometimes workshops get like a bad rep for being like not that useful and helpful. not that useful, and also like, kind of smart. You can do like, like, like real salesy. useful stuff. Yes. on a workshop that like really be like I have people email me all the time about the like thousands of dollars they've made just going to my free workshops okay yeah <laughs> workshop so link totally- in the show notes. <laughs> good plug <laughs> no it's true though I think that yeah. there's something to that because um I personally I think I have an easier time charging for something and yeah. not you charge for a workshop but yeah 
when I feel confident of the value that the person is going to get from yeah. it, I'm like, I don't feel weird about something. This is going to help yeah. you. You should have this. Yeah. And that's very much how I feel about the planner. Yeah. And I think that same energy could be brought to a workshop. But I do agree. I think that sometimes I hear a webinar or a workshop. the workshop would be free or you would charge It would be workshop. free, but just that I would feel better yeah. about it if I felt like there was a lot of value provided. You absolutely should do a lot of value provided. Yeah. But absolutely. that's that is going to take some time, I think, to, to get there. There is... I want to get that right. I don't want to waste people's time. So, um, you know ClickFunnels? The business. Yeah. So the Wait, refresh my memory. What is there? ClickFunnels is like a landing page builder. It's like a website building software. Okay. Right? And their founder has this thing called the perfect webinar formula. It actually like walks you through questions and then it like generates like your slides of like what to say. And I think it leads you to a high value workshop as opposed to just like randomness. I want people to get something out of it. Yeah. Even because I, if someone comes and is not in a position to buy the planner or doesn't feel like it's right for them. I still want everyone. Yeah. Who, I don't want anyone to feel I sold. Think in to. your workshop, you should go through the planner, pick some people from the audience. Like, let's actually work through the planner. Let me That's show you three different versions of how this planner can work and how you can modify it for yourself. Yeah. Right? Like, actually give real tactical stuff. So, do you feel any impost? Did you ever feel any yeah. imposter syndrome about charging thousands of dollars for something? Um. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay, say more about yeah. that. Yeah, I think, like, when I started, I definitely felt that way. I think I charged, like, and I think from a from a comparison, I doubled the price the second time we launched it. And I think I had seen, like, maybe more of, like, a more common, like, $2,000 price point for courses. And I was like, I'm going to move mine down. A mm, oh. Yeah, so I that had the three different, I had three different tiers. Okay. And there was, like, a self-paced course a group coaching course and a one-on-one -on -one course and I think the one-on-one -on -one was definitely underpriced and the group coaching also and I ended up removed and sorry sorry the self-paced I ended up removing the self-paced entirely and sort of upping the price for the other two the second launch but the first time I underpriced it so when you did relaunch yeah that's interesting I actually think that that's okay yeah, I think it it's is. okay. I'm still figuring it I out. I think if that if that gets somebody to actually put it out there, yeah, I don't think there's anything wrong with it. Because guess what? You you just so happened yeah. to have underpriced it. But yeah. what if that was bullshit? Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean like the, if it wasn't good, you could have been over. I think, I think you'd rather be under the a service based version of it, right? Yeah. Like where I was really actively involved and could like, oh, let's do a one on one and like walk through something. That's why I think that works a little bit better when like you can insert yourself into it. Agreed. Yeah. I think the other when it's thing full that product is hard to like assume that the first version of the product is perfect it's probably not it's definitely not yeah thomas and i talked about that in the interview that i did with him where he was like the way that i got around feeling weird about the price yeah because i think at first he said that he even charging a hundred and something dollars yeah. for a template he was like i got around that by offering a money back guarantee so uh, for yeah. any reason someone yep. could come and be like I'm not feeling it. I'm not into this. And he's like, great, here's your money back. Yeah. Like, it's no no harm, no yeah, foul. So it's yeah, like, if yeah. you don't feel like you're getting the value that you paid for, okay. Yep, so I'm like, that's alive. another good yeah. way to kind of, like, soften it if you're feeling a little bit funky about it. But I think I felt less stressed about price 
and more stressed about doing the selling, like sending the email, mm. like the email, like the conversation we were having about like sending an email first and yeah. like telling them about the product. I felt more stressed about that. And when I would see like people's numbers and people's blog posts about like the number of like outreach that they had to do to hit the numbers, I was like, ooh, like that feels worrisome for me. And I remember actively being like, let's just try it. Mm. like let's like actively being like close like and I think in general I have to do with myself a like close your eyes try the thing in general with entrepreneurship as otherwise I'll get so in my head about it so I definitely remember that I think that's a perfect place to end today because I think next time or in a future episode, we need to talk about that hump specifically. Close your eyes, just do the thing. Close your eyes, do the thing hump. I also think we need to talk more in depth about customer service because you made a comment about how with Miss Excel, the volume, I was like, well, why couldn't you always just do it with two people? But you're absolutely right. You get so many, we deal with that for the entire two months after launch is just constant emails. And I'm like, someone else needs to know how this thing works so that I'm not the one answering. So we're going to come back to that. That's good. But in the meantime, that's all for this week's episode of Bossy. So thanks for sitting down with us today. Uh, And for the YouTube audience, you're welcome for what's happening on Tara's head. Pod fam, you're going to have to. with the vibes. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Thanks for hanging with us, Blessed guys. Blessed with the vibes. Bye.